Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Nerd Podcast. Explore your inner nerd. Some call it a hobby, but if you're really into something, let's face it, you're nerdy about it. Whether that's video games, statistics, old books or cars, it's all geek to host Ray Besock as he takes you into the minds of his guests and his own nerdy obsessions. Now your host, Ray Besock and the Big Nerd Podcast. <laughs> He's so nerdy. Hey everybody, this is the Big Nerd Podcast with the Big Nerd, Ray Bisak, and today we have another guest from Ring of Honor Wrestling. He is the voice of Ring of Honor, Ian Riccoboni. How you doing, Ian? Hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm, the Big Nerd is, is very cool because I have another Ring of Honor guest on my show, and I love having guys like you on here because you guys help make me look cool, so... I don't. I wouldn't go that far, Ray. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you're not. I, I, I can't. I can't say. Uh, you know, we had Vinny, Vinny, the horror king, Vinny Marcelli on here the first time. So, I mean, Vinny was very gracious this time. So, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to the big nerd. So, oh, no worries. Yeah, and it, it is getting busy. It's that time of year. It's death before dishonor, and you know, in just a, a few hours at this point, it, it feels like we're going to descend upon Las Vegas for Friday night pay-per-view and television taping on Saturday. It's going to be the, the biggest crowd in Ring of Honor history in Las Vegas, which is kind of crazy. Um, we outgrew Samstown, which was such a nice host and such a great venue. Uh, and we're, we're coming to the Orleans, which we've been in before, but we're using the, the Orleans arena space instead of the ballroom that we had used. Uh, so we're really excited about the card we have, about the fan support. So, uh, you know, it certainly is a busy time of year. And, and, you know, before we know it, Global Wars will be here in November. So it's, it's really heating up here in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when you guys come back to Lakeland because uh, you guys have had some awesome shows here in Lakeland. You had the uh, the last one was in, uh, what was it, April? No, not April. Uh, oh, shoot, was it April? No, June. I, I believe. I believe it was in June, and, and, and that's, I remember that because uh, Colt Cabana and I went to Disney World together, <laughs> and we left at four, uh, 3 in the morning, and I told Colt, I said, if you want to go, just wake up, roll out to the car, I will drive us there. Uh, we have a good friend, Mary Kate, who was able to secure some tickets, and in between Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, and, and Lakeland. We actually snuck up a little north of Lakeland and, and hit the Magic Kingdom. So we, I, I love coming down there. I have family there, and uh, always a great crowd and always a great venue there. It was the site of the Hardys versus the Young Bucks ladder match. That yes, Super Card of Honor. I, I was present. I was present for that glorious match, as Matt might say, or the wonderful match, as Matt would say. <laughs> <laughs> And that's sad to see he's. Re- I guess he's gonna have to retire now because of uh, uh, injuries to his back and his uh, his hips. I guess now, but uh, it was awesome to see uh, that match, that historical match, because that's that was really the one that turned me on to being a big Rio Honor fan. Actually, so that whole experience. Yeah. 
it's kind of incredible. And, and that event for me, uh, you know, that was only my, my second big Ring of Honor event. And that was the one for me that, that really put things in perspective. When I had started with Ring of Honor in 2014, you know, we were a company that, that all the younger guys uh, wanted to come to. You know, we were the company where, you know, some of the top prospects, uh, guys like Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, uh, they were really reaching new heights as young wrestlers in Ring of Honor. And guys like Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe and, and Mark Briscoe and guys who were in, you know, their their middle 20s, they were, they were growing even further also. So it was kind of amazing to me, the event, uh, that Super Card of Honor in particular, you know, when you look at who was at the event, you, you see the Hardys, Bully Ray, uh, Cody, the American Nightmare, those were guys that really cemented the fact that Ring of Honor had gone from a, a an organization where you expected to see the best young wrestlers to just an organization where you expect to see the best wrestlers with no qualifier uh, to become a destination where, where the top stars in the world wanted to come to. So that was a super special event for me. And, you know, tying it back to Death Before Dishonor, here we are, and then we have guys like Okada, we have guys uh, coming from all over the world, uh, coming in. Jushin Thunder Liger, one of the all-time great junior heavyweights, is, is on the card against Kenny King, and I can't even believe it. It's We were already growing uh, when I joined Ring of Honor in 2014, and, and to see where we are now has just been incredible. Yeah, that's what I want to talk to you. You got your start as, uh, I guess, uh, on the Phillies blog, I think, um, according to your Wikipedia, which we talked about a little bit earlier off off uh off stream, but uh, uh, I guess you got you start with the Phillies uh, media blog, I guess. Yeah, so there's a website philliesnation.com, and, and what a lot of people don't realize is that was started independently of the Phillies, and it's still run independently of the Phillies, and uh, it's run by a guy named Brian Michael, who's a uh, professor at Holy Family University, which I also teach at, and um, he was a guy that just a really passionate Phillies fan as he was going through law school. Um, really just wanted an outlet to write about the Phillies and write his opinion as the team was getting better and uh, independently owned and operated. We were named by USA Today the best baseball blog on the internet uh, in 2012, uh, before the 2012 season, which was, uh, you know, really strong praise. I'd just been named the editor at that point, so that was a really neat uh, achievement. And so for me, uh, just the outlet to write was something unique. And, and as the internet was growing and media was growing, we then launched a video blog. And I had some previous experience in public access television, and so I, I thought, well, what we're doing with the video blog is pretty cool. Why can't we take that and put it on public access TV? So that's what we did. Um, and then from there, the next in one year's time, we got picked up on Comcast Sportsnet. And so while we were on Comcast Sportsnet, the quality of the guests started to get better. Um, I interviewed guys like Cole Hamels. I interviewed a lot of the prospects with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Uh, but it was a meeting with the Blue Media at the Monster Factory that really changed things for me. And I started to interview famous Philly fans, including Mark Summers, including Tony Luke, uh, the cheesesteak mogul. And, yeah. Uh, you know, and then yeah, I got to interview the Blue Media, uh, former WWE and ECW star. And I was at the Monster Factory, and I met Danny Cage and Larry Sharp. And I asked Danny Cage, hey, if my friend wanted to do this, uh, you know, if my friend wanted to be a wrestling announcer, what would my friend do? And he cut on to the shtick pretty quick that there was no friend and that it was me that was interested. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I paid my dues. I set up the ring uh, for two, three years. 
Uh, I learned how to do the, all the concessions. I set up the chairs. I broke down. Um, it wasn't for a couple months in 2013 that I even got to try to ring announce. Um, I was illegally ripping Monster Factory videos off of YouTube and then doing commentary over them and sending them back to Danny uh, to try and show my value and show my worth. And that helped me get better. And uh, actually, within almost a year's time exactly, I, I met Joe Briscoe from WWE, uh, and then I met Kevin Kelly. And I had, you know, with Kevin Kelly, he had, he had made no promises, but he said, hey, if you, if you start coming around when we're in the area, um, there may be something that we can do with you. We have, we're considering a Future of Honor brand and a Women of Honor brand, and we want a different voice so that they're not burnt out on me. So I said, that's great. And so I started, I took his advice in part. I showed up in Philly and Baltimore and New York, uh, but I also started showing up in Nashville and San Antonio and Las Vegas and places you wouldn't expect to see uh, a B-team announcer that wasn't necessarily getting compensated for his travel because he wasn't told by anybody to be there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, but I knew that I couldn't do anything unless I was there, unless I was physically there. So I was just trying to scratch and claw my way into any dark matches or women's matches or anything like that where I might get the opportunity to call something uh, to get better and get the reps because I knew that's what I needed. And, you know, in two years after that, my first match I called with Ring of Honor was, was January 2015 in Nashville. Uh, two years later, on February the 3rd, uh, I took over for Kevin Kelly and uh, as the Ring of Honor lead announcer. And it been a, it was a crazy ride. And, um, it was the easiest thing I've ever said yes to when our executive producer called and asked me how I felt about the situation, if I thought I was ready to do it. And it was also the most scared I've ever been once I said yes and really started to process the responsibilities of being the host of Ring of Honor Television. Yeah, and you got to learn from Kevin Kelly, who paid his dues in the WWE. I mean, uh, that had to have been an incredible experience uh, just learning from him also. Absolutely, and, and Kevin, too, doesn't get enough credit because Kevin, you know, he paid his dues long before that with Eddie Mansfield's organization out of Orlando, and so... Uh, Kevin's a guy that, that spent every weekend with Eddie Mansfield and Blackjack Mulligan uh, and, and working with them and Bill Eady, the mass superstar, um, at Universal Studios at those tapings. He was also a host and an MC for the American Gladiators live show in Orlando, Florida. Um, so he, he was an accomplished MC and an accomplished host and commentator before he got to WWF. And so, you know, to be able to talk to him about his own journey and to realize that it, it may happen, but it may not happen right now, and that's okay. And when it happens, it happens. Um, you know, those were things that, that aren't in textbooks, and those are things that uh, you can't just read about or practice or, or do anything like that. So, um, and then Kevin, too, he was a great mentor for me. Um, I knew that not only was I getting the best of Kevin, uh, but Kevin's learned under some, some great individuals, including Jim Ross, uh, including Vince McMahon, so um, I knew that I was getting great advice not only from Kevin's personal experiences, but tips and tricks that he's honed through those those broadcasters as well. You have a lot on your mind with the death by Dis death before dishonor. I almost screwed it up. Death before dishonor pay per view <laughs> coming up on Friday, uh, and wow, just the the collection of wrestlers you have at this 
at this pay-per-view here, it's it's amazing. I mean, you've got the Bullet Club against Chaos coming in from NJPW. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Will Ospreay coming again and, and for a, a World Heavyweight Title match against uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, you've got the Briscoes against um, uh, SCU. Um, or uh, uh, yeah, uh, so uh, so Uh Then you, mm-hmm. you got Bully Ray and the Last Real Man Silas Young against uh, oh who oh, I can't remember. There's just so many wrestlers to remember. <laughs> <laughs> but man, what an exciting, what an exciting pay per view! What an exciting pay per view! Absolutely, yeah. it's kind of incredible too. I think that in, in the match that I'm looking forward to the most is actually the Women of Honor Championship match. It's the first time. It's going to be defended one-on-one on a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And, and Sumi has held the championship proudly since April, and she's going to face Tennille, who's getting her first shot at the title. But, I, I mean, what's interesting to me, obviously, Will Ospreay, uh, he won the, the World Television Championship in his very first match in Ring of Honor in 2016. Uh, this is his very first opportunity at the Ring of Honor World Championship. He's proved that, that if you are sleeping on him or if you underestimate him, he will beat you. And so... Uh, Jay Lethal, one of the very best in the world. He's recently defeated Jonathan Gresham in a, in a 30-minute Ironman match, uh, defeated Flip Gordon at All In, and, and Mark Haskins in the U.K. Um, he's got his work cut out for him, even though he definitely is the very best wrestler in the world. And, you know, when we talk about Bullet Club, you, we have the world six-man champs, which is Cody and the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull and Hangman Page, but they're facing the team right now, uh, pardon the pun, in turmoil, in chaos. And... Chaos right now, Kazuchika Okada just had Ghetto turn his back on him and align with Jay White in Japan for at, at Dominion. And uh, it, he's going to be teaming with uh, Tomohiro Ishii, Rocky Romero, and Best Friends. And really, those that element, that dynamic, this is the first time we're seeing Chaos together since Ghetto went ahead and, and acted like that and, and turned his back on Okada, man. He got into the world championship and the heavyweight championship in New Japan, and uh, it just had been a mentor and somebody that he had supported for years and years and years. So I'm not really sure what chaos, what page chaos will be in, uh, and that might leave a, a bigger than normal opening for a team like Bullet Club, who's coming off the high of All In and you know, the success of that, uh, to come in and pick up a victory in a big spot in, in a main event level match. So. You know, this card, we mentioned almost all the matches that the legendary Jushin Thunder Liger takes on Kenny King. Well, television champion Punishment Martinez takes on Chris Saban. Uh, title on the line there as well. So, I mean, just up and down the card, there's not there's not a match where, you, you know, you can take a break, you can sleep on. You, there's Every match um, is a main event level match, and, and we're really excited to be, you know, in the Orleans with, with this type of card. Yeah, um... I- you know, and coming coming off of this, I mean, Ring of Honor got such a big boost, I think, from All In also because you look at what Cody and the Young Bucks were able to do with All In, and you go, you were definitely a big part of that because you were the the, the main play by play announcer on that, well, along with uh, Don Callis and um, oh, I can't remember his name. <laughs> Excalibur. Yes, yes, like yeah, I could not remember his name for some reason. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean that that had to have been such a fantastic experience. I mean. Just being a part of that, ten thousand more than ten thousand people at the Sears Center in Chicago, something that a lot of people thought would never happen outside of a WWE event. And you're calling this pay per view, and you're calling matches like 
Marty Skrull against uh, Okada, and you're calling the Young Bucks and um, uh, Ibushi versus uh, Mysterio and Bandito and um, I, Ray Phoenix. Yeah, thank you. I couldn't. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of names to remember. I was trying to remember them off the top of my head. And then, of course, you have a match like Kenny Omega against. Uh, Oh man! Yeah, thank you, that. thank you. Oh man, I'm just screwing yeah. up all over the place. And then at the end no of that match, you know, I hope everybody's listening to this has seen all in. If you haven't, you need to find a way to see it. You probably found it on YouTube. Trust me. Um, but if you haven't no, seen I'll it yet, the Honor Club. Yeah, Honor Club. Club. Yes, I am a. I yes, I am. I am a full fledged Honor Club member. I'm a VIP actually, so I was able to get all these pay per views for free. So, giving a little plug there for Honor Club. Uh, but <laughs> if you did not see that match, that uh, Pentagon Jr. versus Kenny Omega, go back and watch it any way you can because at the end of that match, man, did that place come unglued when Chris Jericho came out and attacked Kenny Omega once again. Yeah, it, it was unforgettable. And, and really, you know, walking into the building and just, you know, trying to catch my bearings and catch my breath. Um, it was something that I had never anticipated being a part of, but now that I've been a part of it, I, I don't want to go back. It's one of those feelings where, you know, we're getting, and we, we see the progress, right? We have, we've had record crowds in different, uh, in different cities throughout the year, including Las Vegas coming up Friday and Saturday. Uh, but, you know, 10,000 for uh, all in, actually 11,000 plus, it was incredible. And it speaks to the vision of Cody and the Bucks. It speaks to the, the cooperation uh, of Ring of Honor, you know, our great production team uh, helped produce the event uh, at the you know at the request of Cody and the Young Bucks. So that was a big win for for us and, and our production team got to show off what they can do at a, at a super high level with the eyes of the world watching. And so for me, it was incredible because it was like a it was like a who's who and a, and a checklist uh, of guys whose matches I've always wanted to call. I've never called before all in an Okada match or a Pentagon match, or a Ray Phoenix match, or Bandito. I, I didn't know who Bandito necessarily was until the announcement of the main event. And, and that shows you, too, just how confident uh, Nick, Matt, and Cody were in the event's ability to create new stars and, and to bring in uh, just great wrestlers and just have a night and a celebration of wrestling. So it was a really, really great night, and, and probably my most memorable night in professional wrestling and, uh, you know, I, I think Ring of Honor is on the right track, especially when you think about, again, the record crowds, not only in Las Vegas, but in other towns as well. But then the sellout of Madison Square Garden coming up on April 6th, 2019. Um, you know, it's just all signs point to just an incredible growth for pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, it's been amazing to watch. And I'm happy I'm able to support Ring of Honor in this a little bit, you know, because it's it's just... I try to tell people about Ring of Honor, and I and it's it's hard to explain because a lot of people don't know the names. They don't know Hangman Page, uh, they know Cody, you know, from the other days, from his previous days. Uh, they know who the Young Bucks are probably because they've been around for they were in TNA for a while as Generation Next, I think. Um, and but it, yeah, it's, Generation it's, Me, yeah. Generation Me, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but they uh, they you know people know them, but they don't know they don't know who Kenny or they know Kenny Omega maybe. But they don't know if they've ever watched a match with Kenny Omega. Um, they're not exactly sure, you know. Uh, but getting that kind of exposure, Ring of Honor is getting 
these names out there, and it's just amazing. If you're a wrestling fan, if you don't, if you didn't watch NJ, 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 New Japan Pro Wrestling or Ring of Honor, uh, these are names you need to know. Just and not just names that are coming in from uh, to NXT like Adam Cole and uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong and all these guys were in Ring of Honor before this, and it's just amazing the pipeline though. And you hate to lose these guys, but yeah, also you got to feel great for them though. Oh, who said we're losing them? I mean, this, these are guys who have, you know, at the peak of their careers, and, uh, you know, I, I think we're all aware of their contractual status. They, they mentioned it on, on being the elite. Uh, oh, I wasn't saying but, you're going to lose uh, the Bucks and Cody and them. I was, I was just uh, talking about the uh, other guys that went before them. You know, just it, it, they're not going anywhere. Really we just don't know yet. We don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that you know that just reinforces though what a great place Ring of Honor is because you you look over the years, uh, the pipeline of talent that's come through Ring of Honor um, and has gone on to different opportunities, whether that's in New Japan or. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like Michael Elgin, who had won the Ring of Honor World Championship and then uh, moved over exclusively to New Japan, or guys like the Young Bucks, who uh, went to New Japan and then and came back to us and really made a huge impact with us, um, or guys like Fish, Cole, and O'Reilly, who, uh, you know, it's obvious what they have done. Cole's a three-time champion here. Uh, O'Reilly was a world champion, and Bobby Fish was a TV champ, and you know, they've obviously gone on to, to make their own mark as well, so... You know, Ring of Honor, you know, to an earlier point, I think had previously served as, as a way to open doors, but now um, it's very clearly becoming a destination for some of the top stars. Yeah, I think uh, I think guys like again like Cody and uh, uh, and Young Bucks have actually made you know Ring of Honor that kind of destination point where you know people these people necessarily saying that okay this we there's another avenue it's not just the WWE isn't just the big leagues. Ring of Honor is a part of this big league now. You know, it's not just a. It's, you're not just selling out uh, small venues. You're selling out big, bigger venues each time you go out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a couple things going back to All In because uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it. Um, when Jericho came over and pushed your announce table, and Callis fell over, was that was that a, was that a, a shoot that he fell over on on, or was that a rib? I, I had no idea Jericho was going to be there, yet alone come over to the announce table. So uh, he pushed it very clearly. If you watch the tape, he, he pushed it at the corner of the table. So uh, it went directly into Don. Um, I got a little bit of it, but not much. And it all happened so fast. Yeah. I, it was kind of in the blink of an eye. And, and we barely even got a camera shot of it because it all, it all happened so quickly. Thankfully, uh, you know, our producers in the, in the truck reacted pretty fast to it. So... I wasn't aware Jericho was in the building or would be there. Um, in fact, he ended up doing a gig in Kansas City later that night. And I remember, you know, just like everybody else reading the online scuttlebutt of, oh, do you think there will be a surprise? And I remember somebody saying, no, Jericho is going to be in Kansas City. Fozzie has a gig, um, which they did. And he was there, but he was also in Chicago. So um, that was kind of that was kind of an incredible moment. Uh, not something I anticipated calling. And, uh, you know, Don, not somebody Don anticipated seeing either. I know, uh, you know, they're they're both Canadian, and uh, they're both very proud Canadians, but uh, I don't know if there's bad blood there. I don't know 
you know, it's something in, in New Japan where it, it seems like it's oil and water because, you know, Dom is very much in the camp of Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho is not. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's been uh, proven. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it could be something there. Yeah, um, I, I didn't. I didn't know if uh, if uh, if that was. A, I guess I wasn't a plan segment, so that that's interesting. Kind of like the little insight there. Um, also, I, I'm not getting any specifics about it because it's kind of a PG show in a way, and everything. We do say a few cuss words every now and then on accident. You know, things slip up. But um, how do you even begin to call the Joey Ryan segment of that show, of the All In show? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh... It was something that, uh, <laughs> I, you know, full disclosure, I knew Joey would be back. Yeah. Um, I did not know at all the extent, <laughs> the extent of what was about to happen. And uh, so, it, it, you know, you used the word shoot earlier. It's a shoot that I was a, uh, I was a sex educator at New York University for, for two years. And so... Um, I had been in that role, and I had seen those apparatuses before. <laughs> um, it was something that was not foreign to me because of my previous experience. Yeah, and so I, I just went with it. In, in wrestling, uh, you, you sort of learn to just go with the punches. Uh, there's an old Vince McMahon saying where it, it, nothing can go wrong if it's live, or nothing can go wrong because it's live. And you just have to read and react. <laughs> and so um, something like that, you know, we're all excited that, that Joey was going to be there. I'd, I'd actually seen him earlier in the day, so I had a hunch something was up. Uh, but, yeah, I did not know the extent of, of what was about to occur. And so uh, to my genuine bewilderment, uh, we, you know, there was, there was, I'll say this, there was a lot of walkthroughs to make sure folks knew the extent of the large stage and, and how to get to the ring. Uh, there was not a walkthrough for that. So <laughs> I think that was, that, uh, that, that was something. Yeah, that was, that was a once in a lifetime uh, experience. I mean, I had a feeling that uh, obviously Joey would be back for all in because of the whole being the elite set up where Adam Page killed him. Uh, you know, uh, and, uh, but I just didn't expect that that was just something, right. and, and if you and if, if you're a wrestling fan, and you listen to this. If you don't know who Joey Ryan is, well, you just have to see his clips to believe just who exactly Joey Ryan is. Uh, he is a uh, he is a interesting talent <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so I know you guys you, you go on the road a lot, and uh, do you have any road stories? I know people love hearing road stories. I mean, I think I've seen you on um, some. Uh, Travel Taven uh, videos with uh, Matt Matt Taven on his YouTube stuff. I think I've seen you on there. Uh, but what? Who do you travel with? And uh, you have any like one major story, that funny story that you can share, right. share with everybody? You know, I just had to bring up te- uh, technical difficulties. We lost Ian there for a second, or he lost me. One either way. This is a cross country call. He's in California getting ready for death death before dishonor. Uh, in Vegas uh, this Friday uh, on uh, Ring of Honor's Honor Club or on Fight TV. Uh, can't forget about Fight TV, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're, uh, they're great partners, Mike Weber and the Fight TV crew. Um, but uh, we were just trying to get into because everybody loves road stories, right? I mean, you always probably get, if you've, you've probably done several podcasts, you probably get asked every now and then about road stories. I've seen you in uh, a few uh, Travel Taven episodes, at least one or two at least. Um, uh, but yeah, just if you have, who do you travel with usually when you when you have to uh, get in the car and go with? Uh, 
go with or um and uh you have any funny road stories you can share because like i said everybody loves road story yeah absolutely i i you know colt colt and i usually travel together uh we're usually in the car with uh with our executive producer and we usually have the briscoes with us uh, well that's but, gotta be interesting you know, <laughs> yeah yeah we we do everything from music trivia to pro wrestling trivia every once in a while uh you know, Bible trivia breaks out to pass the time. It's, it's quite an eclectic group. Um, but with uh, with Colt and I, uh, one of the most brazen things we've ever done was uh, we knew we had an event uh, in in Lakeland, Florida, and we were in West Palm Beach, and we mapped out just how long it would take to get to Disney World and how long it would take to get to Disney World from West Palm Beach and then uh, Disney World down to Lakeland. And uh, we have a great friend named Mary Kate who was able to uh, able to pick us up at the Disney Springs, uh, get us in, drop us off, take care of us, hang out with us. Uh, and, and so we enjoyed the day in the Magic Kingdom back in April, and, and we had a really good time. And then, um, you know, other than that, occasionally, um, Colt's a guy that, that's been all around the world. Uh, he's seen a lot of things, but some things are still new to myself. And uh, you mentioned Travel Taven. I, I love hanging out with, with Matt Taven, Vinny, uh, and TK, and Dalton, and um, we, like to, we like to go out, we like to be tourists, so uh, one of the big things for us was a trip to the UK back in May, uh, where the five of us, or excuse me, four of us, uh, Vinny went to see his friend Jimmy Havoc, uh, so TK, myself, Matt Taven, and Dalton uh, walked all around London, we saw all the sites, we saw Parliament, we saw uh, Big Ben, and the funny part about Big Ben, uh, I was hyping it up all day as this must-see experience, and you got to see it to believe it. And it was the last thing to do, and we were going at night because that's when it lit up, and you could see it. Uh, we got there, and it was covered in scaffolding. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they are working on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we we walked about we'd walked about ten miles total, and uh, we ended up seeing a scaffolded Big Ben at night, so you couldn't even really see it at all. So um, we. <laughs> We've had fun, though. Uh, we've, we've gone to see the Alamo together. Uh, we've gone to other places. and So Matt's, Matt's a real good guy in terms of making the most of what's on the road. I, I think the most fun I've ever had, though, uh, occasionally we'll have smaller crews or different crews. And uh, the one time Colt and I both had rented cars, so I had Chris Saban and Punishment Martinez in the car with me, oddly enough, now fighting for the Ring of Honor World Television yeah. Championship now on di- different sides of the fence. But back then everything was copacetic and uh, we were driving from Dallas to Oklahoma City and we stopped at the world's largest action figure museum and so uh, that was a fun trip that we had uh, Saban was enjoying it he was over the moon uh, punishment if you know him maybe not so much <laughs> but uh, we had a good we had a good time there a lot of a lot of wrestling figures uh, they had some of the American gladiator figures uh, from when I we were growing up as well so uh, it was cool to see that kind of stuff, and it was cool to be in, in, a, in a real, truly small Midwestern town. Uh, it was Paul's Valley, Oklahoma. It was pretty neat. So uh, I love to see just everything when I'm on the road. We don't often get time to sightsee, uh, but when we do, I, I think we make the most of it. Um, San Antonio is really good for that because our venue is, is right downtown by the Riverwalk now. Um, Dallas is good for that, too. It's right by the... Uh, unfortunate side of John F. Kennedy, President Kennedy's passing, yep. uh, but there, there are sites, you know, there are other sites to see there as well uh, while you pay your respects. So there's, 
you know, there there are great sites to see. Uh, Google Maps has made it easier than ever to find them. Oh yes, yes, and yes. Um, <laughs> so and Pokemon Go too. Uh, Pokemon Go will tell you where, where the great sites are. Are and you a so, Pokemon player also? Uh, I am. I'm, I'm level thirty nine. I have all original one hundred fifty one. I'm closing <laughs> in on on the second generation, and uh, I'm making a mark on the third generation as well. How many? This is out of curiosity. I don't. I don't. I've never been into Pokemon or uh, Digimon or, um, you know, all that. Because it was before, a year, I'm older than you, Ian. I'm, I'm, so much low. I'm, I'm 40 years old, you're 31, I think. Uh, uh, if I looked at your Wikipedia properly, I think you're 31. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was never, it was, it was past my, uh, you know, prime, basically, and went watching things like that. And uh, uh, But um, how many wrestlers are actually Pokemon fans. I mean, I, I, or they actually play that, do you think, uh, on Ring of Honor? Like, that's just the interesting question uh, I had to ask. Yeah, I, I don't want to add them publicly. No, no, you don't have to add them publicly. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, percent of the roster or something. <laughs> uh, Hansel the Bullet Club, I'll say that. Um, and and one, one is cute because they play uh, with and for their daughters. So that's pretty neat. Um I wouldn't be surprised if one of the current champions, one of the current singles champions, plays. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if his current tag team partner plays. Uh, so there's there's a few of us that you know that get really into it. Um, I will say this because this is definitely public knowledge. Me and me and Adam Page are uh, are Pokemon traders. We trade with each other. We're friends with each other on there. Uh, so it's it's quite fun. We have a good time. So you don't have to worry about Adam Page bashing your head in with a phone, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can avoid that, thankfully. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, if you haven't, if, just in case you're not familiar with that guy, if you're watching this or hearing this, it's definitely worth going back and watching Be in the Elite because you get the whole backstory leading up to All In and everything else. So, but um, all right. So, Ian, uh, one of the things I like to ask before we um, end end everything here on the Big Nerd Podcast is. There's something about everybody that makes it, and we just talk. We just talk about Pokemon. It makes it a little bit, you know, nerdy. I guess you know, you like to get down and nerdy with it. But I guess what what is the one thing for you though that that drives you outside of outside of that? I, mean, I know you have a family, but there's something else we were talking about earlier that I think gets strike that strikes a uh, a chord, so to speak, with you. <laughs> yeah. So ever since I was little, I, I've been into music and. Um, I played the viola uh, from third grade through eleventh grade. I played the oboe uh, from fifth grade through tenth grade. And, uh, I played the bass guitar since I've been in fifth grade as well. I think I was ten or eleven years old. And um, over the years, I, I've turned that into different things. And I, I'm a big music head. I collect vinyl records. Um, I'm really into seventies power pop and new wave. Uh, I love guys like Elvis Costello, Nick Lowe, uh, Dave Edmonds, Raspberries. Uh, you know, groups like that. And uh, for me, though, I, you know, I had been a part of bands and I'd been a, a, a solo artist. And I had actually done quite a number of, of shows in, in the New York area, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Florida, um, with my music. So uh, that was during the MySpace days. That was before the. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, before the big. Uh, before anybody could really be on iTunes. And so. Um, you know, I had a little bit of a following of T-shirts that I still have, <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And um, I'd opened up for the cast of Spring Awakening, which was kind of cool—a uh, gig that I got through NYU when I was a student there. 
I've been featured as a as a best uh, best music on campus featured musician uh, for the 2006 competition for MTVU. Um, I, I sang with uh, <laughs> you know I, I've been you know it, it's it's I've sang a lot of places, been played a lot of gigs, not as many as wrestling. Uh, I sang with Colin Jost, who who just hosted the the Emmys, which is pretty cool. Wow. Um, so. So yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting ride. Um, as, as much as much folk as I am when I play solo stuff, and, and my band is uh, kind of Bruce Springsteen e uh, when we get together and play together, much more rarely now. Um, my group at one point opened up for the drummer of Iron Maiden, Nico McBrain's band, with wow. Damage. Uh, wasn't a great fit, but. Uh, we got a polite golf clap at the end of our set, and we quickly <laughs> hustled out of there. Yeah, lucky. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that kind of drives me. I, I'm a big music head. I play music. I, I sing. Um, play harmonica. And uh, yeah, I still collect vinyl records. I still go to garage sales, yard sales, flea markets. Um, do that sort of thing. I also collect bobbleheads. So you a Funko guy? Funko there. Pop guy? No, no, I just like uh, Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, uh, Philadelphia Soul, who's uh, our uh, AFL, football yep, team. Yep. The, yeah, the Union, uh, the MLS team. So, um, you know, our our den at, at our house, uh, you know, the walls are lined with the with, with those bobbleheads. So uh, we're running out of space there, and, <laughs> and uh, wife's getting a little getting a little upset but but yeah <laughs> those are those are my two kind of nerdy big big nerdy things oh that's awesome it's, it's, and you know speaking of and one of the musical nerd things i'm into or was very much into was tom petty and he's it's coming up on the, the anniversary of his death uh in a few weeks here in october here uh that that set me back pretty good uh for a couple weeks at least because uh almost couldn't get tom petty out of my head for uh for a while but um, you said you yeah. like you're you're like a Bruce Springsteen, you know, uh, you know, Tom Petty probably listen to you probably listen to a few Tom Petty albums in your day. <laughs> I have, yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, of all things Petty, especially early Petty. Yeah, he, um, I still think Wildflowers is the best album, but uh, they, you know, we we can agree to disagree or maybe agree on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, I saw no, see when I, I was when I was growing up it was '96 '94. Uh, 94, 92, somewhere around there, Wildfires, the Dogs with Wings tour. I got to see him in Tampa, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is awesome." You know, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, but uh, Ian, uh, thank you again for coming on, and I uh, appreciate it. And when you're when you come back to Lakeland, maybe we can get you back on the show again, and uh, uh, maybe we can get you and Vinny in here and uh, trade stories or whatever. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I can get Vinny on here again. After the new Halloween comes out, because I know him and him and I talked about it uh, in April, and we were stoked for it. Now it's the trailers are out and everything, and we're hopefully I can get him on here and talk about horror movies. But because uh, I know that's something he's definitely nerdy about, because he made a wrestling character off of it. So <laughs> right, absolutely. But uh, thanks again, Ian. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to talk to uh, the big nerd here in Lakeland, Florida. Ah, uh, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ray. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.